just as we're singing that right now, if you need him to make a way somewhere in your journey right now in your life, just lift your hand up to him. And we're going to declare that right now into your journey, into whatever that thing is. So we're just going to sing that part again. But lift your hand to the Father and declare these words that he will make a way. He will make a way. Do we believe that this morning? Yes, Lord, it's true. You will make a way. That's who you are. You make the impossible possible. That's who you are. Thank you, Jesus. I just want to read something out of the book of Psalms before we continue on. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And just below it, it says, The Lord is God, shining upon us, bringing forward the sacrifice and bring forward the sacrifice and put it on the altar. You are my God and I will praise you. You are my God and I will exalt you. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. He is faithful. His love endures forever. Do we agree with that this morning? Well, then let's worship him because the word of God also says that if we draw close to him, that he will draw close to us. And so this morning, let's draw close to the father and worship. You know, sometimes in these moments, we get stuck on what the Lord hasn't done. And I feel like the Lord wanted to shift that track to remind us, do you see what I have done? Because when we get into that place of, he just doesn't do this or this or this, it does something inside of us. But we need to have these moments when we hear testimony of Gales, because it reminds us of who he is and what he does. That's the God we serve. Right now, whatever it is that you're thinking about, dwelling on, the God we serve is the God who makes the impossible possible. So the question is this, is as you're worshiping, as you're praying, as you close your eyes, can you take your eyes off the problems and see the possibilities and start to declare the possibilities of what God wants to do into your situation, into your life, into your family's life, and into our world. There are so many possibilities. So God, give us the faith to stand on the truth that all things are possible. All things are possible, Lord. Father, take the doubt away in Jesus' name. Father, we will not side with it anymore. We will not allow it to take us to places we shouldn't go. But Father, we say you are a good God and we stand by your word in Jesus' name. So um, when the economic downturn started, my husband and I, we took all of our savings and we used it to make up for our low checks. And then um, this time, like this year, um, they started laying people off again last week. And uh, my husband was really worried for his job. And I said, you don't have to worry. And he said, I know, but I am. And uh, so anyway, he got his pay stub. And it was an accidental pay stub. And we paid a lot of tithes. <laughs> Way more than what we usually pay. And so um, it wasn't his. <laughs> And we were worried, and then he got a paycheck this Friday, and it was really low. But um, between his check and my check, it came up to the amount of tithes that we had paid. And then they had a meeting this morning, and uh, 
And my husband has a full day of work today, which he hasn't had in a long time. And he sent me a text while we were worshiping, and he said, I have work all week. They told us that the people who act like we have no money, they're the ones that are going to get laid off, not the people who are actually doing a good job and and using the proper materials and, and taking their time and doing it right the first time. And so they said, your job is not in danger. And I know it's easy to look at me and say, oh, well, that's for you. But what about my issues? What about where I'm not having what I need? And I feel like God is saying he has never left his children lonely. And he has never seen them begging for bread. Not one time. And I have had a lot of things happen in my life. If you want to hear about them, you can come talk to me after. But most of you know, every single time I've stood before the ocean, God has opened it wide up for me every single time. There's not been once for healing, for money, for spiritual awakening, for hope. Nothing has he left me begging for. And I just want to say, if you feel like you can look back and you can think of all those times that he's done things for you, just raise your hand for me for a minute. Now, if you didn't raise your hand, find someone who's got their hand up. Go stand by them, and they'll hold your hand, and they will pray with you. Because you can rent their faith. You can rent my faith right now. You can use my faith, because i got enough for two. Oh, God, you are amazing. You are holy, and you are truth. And what your word says is ever-enduring. You have never left us begging. You have never left us wanting. You have never left us standing before an ocean you wanted us to cross. And today, all those oceans are opening up. You can walk across on dry land. You have an all-access pass to what he has to offer, to what his word says. It is true. So we focus on the promises, right? The promises of God. Not what's not happening. We focus on the promises, knowing that God is going to come behind it. Why don't you grab your seats? I just want Anita to declare this verse before we make the transition. Okay, I want to read this verse in Romans 8, verse starts in 15. I'm going to read it out of the Passion Translation. And Father, I just ask, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would just activate this, that you would stir this word and this in our hearts that you would show us what this means to us individually, Father, and your great love for us, Father. And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty, leading you back into fear of never being good enough, but you have received the spirit of full acceptance, enfolding you into the family of God, and you will never feel orphaned, for as he rises up within us, Our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection, beloved Father. For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us. As he whispers into our innermost being, you are God's beloved child. So Father, we receive that this morning. We are your children. We are your sons. We are your daughters. And Father, you love us. And your word says that if we seek you, that you will take care of everything. We believe that and we trust that. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Can we say amen? And so I want to touch on this a bit today. I'm mostly going to be preaching from Romans 12, and I'm going to move into 1 Corinthians 12 and Ephesians 4. And these three specific uh, chapters in the Bible talk a lot about the giftings that God has given us, right? And I love Ben singing that one part there, right, of every good and perfect gift comes from him. Every single one of them. And the thing that's so cool is he's got so many of these gifts. So many of these gifts. There is enough for every single person in this church, in this community, and in the world. He's got so many, right? And he is waiting for us as a people to say, thank you for the gift I have, and to begin to start functioning in the gifts that he's already given us, right? So we're going to explore that a little bit today. But before we get there, I think Romans sets this up really well. Because I think Romans, it, it gets into the giftings, but before it actually takes that little jump into the giftings, it kind of gives us a couple cautions, right? It throws some stuff at us, and it says, okay, you know, I know that we want the giftings. Who wants the gifts of God? Let me just see. Come on, every single hand should be up. We all want the gifts of God. There's no question about it, right? Who wants to change the world for the Lord? Come on, let's just be honest, right? I think that's all of us, you know? Remember the old Delirious song, right? History makers. How many remember Delirious? Is there anybody? Yes, there's some of us. My favorite band still to this day, right? I loved that song. We're going to change the world. I remember that. Going to YC all those years and declaring it. And I asked the Lord, so have we done any of that yet? Have we began to change the world? And he's like, yes, you have, but there's a lot more that needs to be done. And so my body, my army needs to understand who they are. Because we're talking all about identity. We heard it again today. We've heard this a lot. If we begin to understand who we are, it changes the whole ballgame. Guess what? The enemy does not want us to figure that one out. Right? He does not want you to think you're a son or a daughter. He does not want you to think that you belong in any church, in anybody's house. He does not want you to think that. He wants you to think, my gifts are useless, I'm useless, I have nothing to offer, nothing at all. But as soon as you can catch this, right, that my identity is in Christ, and he says you can do all things, and every gift I have, guess what? They're for you, right? We're going to talk about that because you all have giftings, but yet he even encourages us within that. Ask for all of them, though. Don't just stay where you're at. Start praying for all the gifts, especially the best gifts, right? He wants us to do this. Why? Just for me and you? For who? For the world, right? That not one should perish. Not one should perish. We need to get that in our head, that his vision is this, that not one should perish. Can we all say that? That not one should perish. We have to understand this. Right? Because sometimes I think we've forgotten the heart of God. And his heart is this, that not one should perish. And all of this stuff that I've put together is for a reason. And if you can tap into that, wow! And if we begin to understand who we are, that identity thing, and we start walking in the giftings that he's giving us, so many of them, man, we're going to make a difference. Do you believe that? I hope you do, man. That's a weak amen. Do you guys believe that? It's true. It's in the Word. I know it's true. So Romans, though, it gives us these 
three almost little challenges before we get into this. And so I want to read this in uh, Romans 12. And it says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he will accept. When you think of what he has done for you, is this too much to ask? I think we can all answer that. No. It's not too much to ask, is it? There's no way. And then he goes on to say, Don't copy the behaviors and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Does anybody want that? Right? I want that. I want him to change the way I think because guess what? There's an actual promise that comes with that. Right? And it's in the scripture right next to it. And it says, Then you will know what God wants you to do, and you will know how good and pleasing and perfect His will really is. Does anybody want to know what God wants you to do? I mean, how many of you have been saying, God, what do you want me to do? Right? I remember the young adult years, it was like this, I don't know, I was going to say midlife crisis, but it's not. It's this crisis before you even get the thing started. And it's this, I just don't know what to do with my life. I have no clue. I have no clue. Coin flip. Let's just do this. Let's just do that. Well, yet the word of God tells us right here, right? Two very specific things to put into order right away, right? And I I love this. And, you know, Pastor Mark, it's so interesting because me and him are so different. Would you agree? Anybody? (laughs) Or are we just alike? No, we're quite a bit different, right? Quite a bit different. We both have what? Great hair. I have gray hair? Great hair. I love Murray. Thank you. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, that, that's an inside joke, and Pastor Mark just won't leave it alone. He's been bugging me for years and years. You need to grow your hair long because we could see your little bald spots. And I'm like, can we stop focusing on the bald spot and just live life, right? And for some reason, he can't stop focusing on the bald spot every time he sits there that I come up here. He makes the comment, whether you hear it or not, nice hair, because I finally started to grow it. Whatever, right? It's just hair. I figure I might as well grow it now, because I know I probably got five or ten more years. It's probably all going to be gone, and then I'm going to pull the Lauren or the Matt Blacklock, right? It's going to be gone. Yeah, Vernon too, right? So that first scripture, though, is so powerful. And this is why Pastor Mark pounds on it. It's, it's the first step to this entire process, right? Is to give our lives as a holy sacrifice unto God. Every single thing. Well, what's he asking for when he says that, right? Is he asking for our two-hour service on Sunday? Yes, he is. Absolutely, 100%. That today, when we come into the house of God, he wants us to declare who he is. Right? He wants us to do this. He wants us to come in and to love Him. Right, To give all of our praise and our worship to the Father in Heaven. He wants us to sing the songs. He wants us to shout the words. Right, He wants that. But He obviously, and we all know this, He doesn't want it to end there. Right? He is saying, I want this to be your whole lives though. Yeah. Every single thing that you do and stand for. Can you make it about me? And that's where all of a sudden that scripture comes into play. Right? What must I do to follow you? Sell everything you own. What is he saying? It's all about me. 
He's trying to get our attention here, right? It's every moment of every day, anything that puts itself above him, he is saying, those are the things I want. Those are the things I need, right? Remove those things, because if that happens, there's a next phase for you and your journey with me. Do we not want it? Of course we do. And then again, he goes on to say this, but don't copy the behaviors of the world. Whew. I actually had to sit down the other day and ask myself that question. Well, what are the customs of today? What are they? And am I, am I following them, right? I mean, there's some of the easy ones. I mean, getting drunk and getting stoned and doing all these things and blah, 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 blah. The ones we know, like these things are just not right. But there's some other ones in there that I think the church has kind of blended in a little bit and we don't really realize it. That's why the scripture talks about, I just, if that church could wake up, it changes the whole ball game, right? Everything changes. Because somewhere in there, and I'm guilty of this, I have actually allowed the customs of this world to draw me in. Let me say this, that I know I've been drawn in, and Mark's been calling on that, like he's been actually saying this a lot lately. The time is coming where everything has to be given to God. Where even our homes are not our homes anymore. That's what he said last week. Where all of a sudden you're going to have to open your door to the people around you. It's not an option anymore. Right? We can't actually do what the world's done. We can't. Right? Again, we know this. It's the garage door world. Right? You leave out the garage. You pull into the garage. You don't have to see a single person. We can't be like that. We can't. We're not allowed to do that. I'm sorry. Those customs, we can't do that. We are called to be the light of the world. That's what we're called to be, which means we better put it out there for everybody to what? They got to see it. They got to see it. It is the truth, right? We've got to put it out there. And so there are these customs that somehow, without realizing it, we have started to adopt these things. And I hear so many people in the church saying these things. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with my life. Okay, here are our first steps. Give everything to him. Give your life as a sacrifice to him. Praise and worship him. Get to the altar. Do what you have to do daily, every single day. And don't copy these customs. Don't fall into that trap. Don't do it. Fight it, fight it, fight it, fight it, fight it. You know, I share this... Every single week I go into the schools, right? Because I teach that HEROES program still. Twelve years now I've been teaching this in the schools, right? Somehow the doors to all the schools in the community open through the government. And I get to go in, and I, this is on video I know, but whatever, right? I get to teach kingdom principles in the schools, right? I get to do that all the time. And the one thing I always talk about is this, is, What do you stand for as a person? And are you going to allow the peer pressures around you to pull you into something? Right? This is common school stuff, but we fall into it too. The cultural peer pressures, whether we realize it or not, they're all around us all the time. As Christians, sometimes we're nervous because we're going to get rejected and things. We are going to be rejected. I mean, the Word of God states that. We might as well get used to that. Right? It's not like we're going and calling it on us, but when it happens, it's just part of the gig. 
right? Gavin, have you ever been rejected when you're doing evangelism downtown? It's part of the gig. It's going to happen, right? That's just the way it is. My neighbors have rejected me because I'm a Christian, right? That's just the way it goes sometimes. But guess what? Some of them haven't. Some of them have not. Some of them have opened the door. Some of them have shaken hands with us. Some of them eat with us now and spend time with us. I'm not going to copy the customs of the world. I'm not going to hide. I mean, God has so challenged me on this area that as a leader in this church, I better start setting the bar, right? That we have to do this. We have to start to do this stuff, right? I made something uh, this last week. You know, you guys might think this is silly, but, you know, again, how many of you, the Lord's been speaking to you and some of the stuff seems silly? Come on. This makes me feel better if there's other hands that go up. That's perfect. Okay. Well, I went to a conference a year ago or something, and the pastor was talking about some stuff, and it, it just gave me this little idea. And the idea was this, is that I feel we have a community of people that don't have a pastor. Right? People who work in the coffee shops, people who work in laundromats, people who work wherever it is they work, they don't have pastors. Some of these people are Christians and some aren't. And so I felt this little tiny conviction. Do you have one of them on you? Oh, perfect. You can show these. I felt this little conviction that I needed to make this card. Right? Here, grab that card. And I, you guys can make fun of me. That's okay. I can handle that. If you have it. Oh, there it is. I made this little card, and I just felt like the Lord said, I want you to put these in your pockets, right? And I want you to always be ready, right? It starts now for me. I feel this. It it starts right now. And all I did is I put down Chris Bannis, community pastor, right? I'm your pastor. Give me a call, right? And I felt like the Lord told me it was just, it's time to do it. It's time to do it. I mean, when those moments are in front of me, I just want to be able to say to the person, hey, do you have a pastor? He might tell me off. I don't care. I'm at the point because if he doesn't tell me off, guess what? Hey, man, I want to be your pastor. I want to see this community changed. Something has to happen, right? And I realize the Lord is saying, Chris, you can keep doing these things, right? Watching TV. I mean, Sunday's my favorite day. You know why? Joel? Football. Oh, my goodness. And all the guys say... Yeah, that's right. Yes, right? It's all not the Seattle Seahawks. Sorry, it's not about the Seahawks. It's the Giants, even though they're terrible. But let me tell you something. God has challenged me in this. Right? There's nothing wrong with football. Right? Right now it's easy for me because my team sucks, right? So I can kind of pull back a bit. But I, I feel like God is saying, Chris, I want every part of you. I'm not saying you don't have to watch this stuff, but what takes priority in your life? What are those things? There was a time in my life, it was video games. You know about that, right? Sean knows about that, too. We talked about that. Even us older guys, I can't believe I'm saying that, Yoshi. (laughs) Did I just say that? That's insane. My kid says it all the time, right? He says, once you're over 40, you're part of that older group now, right? (laughs) Whatever, right? But again, I love it. Me and Sean were talking, and he talked to Can I say this? Thanks. I'm saying it anyway. (laughs) Right? It's... It came out, whoops, right? He talked to me about the video game thing. I mean, video games owns half our generation, right? You may think it's video game. I mean, it owns half the generation. They're addicted to the thing, right? And there's a point where God is saying, is it movies? Is it this? Is it that? Is it this? 
What is it? What is the stuff? I don't want you copying the behaviors of the world. I want you 100% all for me. Me. It's too important now. Right? It's too important. I'm going to share some of that might offend you guys. Is that all right? You said it's all right, so here we go. A guy shared this with me, and I thought, man, it, it just made me so angry on the inside, and it was, it was a wake-up call for me because I'm going to confess something today too. Um, one of the district guys I'm, I'm friends with, his name is uh, Jeremiah. What's his last name? Grable, right? Jeremiah, if you're watching, I love you. He watches these videos a lot. Jeremiah is just a really good guy, and uh, Ken, me, and Mark, and Paul, we've actually been getting to know him a lot better, and part of his job with the PAOC is to get into the churches, and he asks them one question, pretty much, right? Is how are you changing your community? What are you doing, right? He talks about it all the time, and it's a good question, right? And it was a good question for us. And uh, he was telling me a story because he came to the conference uh, last week, and uh, we went to Miles for dinner, and we started talking, and he said he went to this church, and he said, I went to this church, and uh, this guy was telling me he got this amazing building in Edmonton, right? It's this beautiful building. He said, so I went to the building, and I'm looking at this building with this guy. I said, this is a great building. You know, how many people are in here on a Sunday? He said, oh, about 150. Well, that's a good start. Like, you're doing really well. And so are all those people from the community around here? Oh, no, none of them are from the community around here. Well, what do you, what do you mean? He goes, no, 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 no. We actually bought this building because it was really cheap. Right? And we thought this would be a perfect place to have church, so we ended up moving our church to this location. I said, oh, so what do you guys do during the week? Oh, nothing. No, 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 we're only in the building on Sunday, really. We don't really have anything else going on right now. You know, and he, okay, forgive me again. He said, Pastor, forgive me, but come here for a minute. And he took him outside, and he said, you know, that really stings, and it hurts me when I hear that. He said, it's like me walking outside right now and looking at this community and saying, go to hell. And the pastor, of course, was shocked because all he, it, it, that stings, doesn't it? Yeah. It stings. And it, when he told me that, I'm like, man, that stings me. That stings me a little bit. Whew. God, I do not want to copy the behaviors and the customs of this world any longer. I need to get to this altar. I need to be seeking him daily, crying out every single day, right? I need to stop living my life the way the world lives, and I need to live for him. Well, let's continue on here. It says in verse 3, As a good messenger, I give each of you this warning. Be honest in your estimate of yourselves, measuring your value by how much faith God has given you. I read that too, and that, you know what? That's, that's a pretty important verse. And I'm just going to share with you how I applied that to my life. Because I read that and said this. Am I kidding myself as a Christian? Am I doing that? That, oh, it's okay, we do this, we do this, we do that. I actually had to sit down and really take a look in the mirror. And here's where I'm going to be a little vulnerable with you guys. You know, there have been prophets who have come into this church, Bob Jones, Dennis Wiedrich, and others. And one of the things they've spoken literally over me 
is that I carry the heart of an evangelist, right? Bob Jones said to me, he says, you were literally going to be going in and out of this building like a helicopter rescuing people. I remember the words. I think it was him anyway, right? I remember these words that came from these prophets, but let me tell you something that I've done. I didn't feel the gift was really acceptable. I'm just being honest with you. It just seems like in today's day and age, I mean, it, it's tough, you know, if you carry that thing as an evangelist. And, and I'm not saying anything to any of you guys or anybody. Somehow, I allowed the enemy to get in, to deceive me, to lie to me, to tell me that evangelists aren't needed today, to say these things that are so false. I mean, I, I, I kind of held on to that, and all of a sudden I started walking away from some of those things that were some of the most amazing times of my life. Right? And I've, I've shared all the stories in this church over the years. I remember them. I remember seeing the souls get saved. I remember seeing these powerful things happen. And for some reason, I, I've, I've taken this step back. I've had to be honest with myself. And I've made a decision. No more. No more. No more. It's too important. And I know for a fact today there are people in here, right? You have a gift. Maybe you're not the evangelist. It doesn't matter. And maybe you feel that way too. Let me say something to you. No more. No more. We actually have to stand up. We have to rise up. And we have to do what he's called us to do. Right? Because then it gets into the real nitty gritty stuff of what I want to talk about today. It talks about this in verse 4. It says, just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ, Christ's body. We are all parts of his one body, and each of us have, has a different work to do. And since we are all one body in Christ, we belong to each other, and each of us needs all the others. God has given each of us the ability to do certain things well. That's, I love that verse. God has given each of us in this room the ability to do certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy Speak out when you have faith that God is speaking through you. If your gift is of serving others, serve them well. I mean, Jenna's crying out today and saying, we need people to serve. We need people to serve in this church, let me tell you. Right? Wendy needs help. We need the servants to step up. There's no question about it. I'm telling you, man. Right? As this church begins to fill up more and more and more, the servants, we need you. We need you. It's not a bad thing. It's not a secondary thing. It's a valuable thing to be a servant. If you are a teacher, do a good job teaching. If your gift is to encourage others, do it. If you have money, share it generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have the gift of showing kindness, do it to others and do it gladly. And then here comes the glue part. Don't just pretend that you love others, really love them. 
hate what is wrong, stand on the side of good, love others with a genuine affection, and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy in your work, but serve the Lord enthusiastically. Be glad for all God is planning for you. Be patient in trouble and always be prayerful. When God's children are in need, be the one to help them out. And get into the habit, and here's what Mark's saying, and get into the habit of inviting guests home for dinner or if they need lodging for the night. If people persecute you because you are a Christian, don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. When others are happy, be happy with them. When they are sad, share their sorrow. Live in harmony with each other. Don't try to act important. We need to get that one out of here. (laughs) Who do the gifts come from? Him. That's it. Why are we doing all this? For Him. He's the important one. That's all that matters. Even the church world, we get caught on the customs of church world. Right? I'm no more. Enough is enough. He's the important one. Don't try to act important, but enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. Ouch. It stings a little bit when we hear that, doesn't it? But here it is. It's in front of our face, and God is saying, I've got all the gifts in the world. I mean, if we flip over to Corinthians, I'm just going to list them for you. Special knowledge, special faith, the power to heal the sick. I mean, Tanya started this class up. I mean, if that is something inside of you, you want to see God moving in this way, you need to go to the class. Get around people who are actually saying, we want to do this. Their faith is moving in this area. I felt it this morning. Andrea said to me, Andrea, sorry, she said to me, can we pray for people, right? Because there's some, something here. I feel it too. I do. God wants to get us. He wants to show I heal people. That's who I am. So if I can get you guys healed, maybe we'll take those next steps, right? Remember when James Maloney talked about that? When he came into our church? I'm in here healing everybody because no one believes. What we need to do is get you all healed so we can do what we're called to do. Heal them. Why? Because then they'll know who I am. They'll know who God is. That's what we want. The power to perform miracles. I don't know if any of you know John Leflamois or um, what's his name? Ty Koppel, right? Two guys right now. If you have Facebook and you're not friends with them, you should be. Because, I mean, these two guys are feeling the same thing. It's just like God has said, it's, it's time. And, I mean, so they just posted a bunch of videos. I mean, John was downtown doing a fire tunnel on the streets showing this video, you know, and cops are going through it. I'm like, what? Because I'm thinking, that's a terrible idea. You know, why would we do a fire tunnel in the middle of the streets? Everybody's good. And cops are running through the line, and they're praying for people, and things are going on on the street. I'm like, these guys are crazy. But God's doing something. I mean, Ty Koppel, he just went to the mall, Kingsway, and he took a ton of people with him and said, we're going to pray for people right now, whether it was healing the sick whatever it was, and he's got this video of them online. They're like an army marching through. I'm like, these guys are nuts too. But all of a sudden, people are getting healed and things are changing. I mean, some of these crazy people, we think they're crazy. Boy, we better be around them a little bit more because they're carrying something. They're carrying a faith we don't have. 
It, they may not do it in a way that is comfortable to you and me, but we need to actually realize they are carrying something and they're doing something. As a church, we're really going to have to figure this expression thing out because we're so stuck on expressions. We've got 500. We're going to have to work this stuff out because God wants to do something powerful. And I'm watching these guys going, you know what? I can side with that. They're crazy, but I can side with those guys because God is doing something powerful. And, I mean, Ty's got a crazy idea. He's already booked the Agricom coming up in, I don't know, eight, nine months. And their goal is this. We're going to invite the lost. Derek, me, and Mark went to this thing, and he cast this vision about, I want to see the lost get saved, and we're going to start the Agricom for 4,000 people. Right? Costs how much? $300,000 or something, he said? Hundreds of thousands. I'm like, he's crazy. In his mind, it's like, I don't care. If God wants to do this, he's going to do it. And the money's going to come in. At least the guy's dreaming. He booked the building. Got a hold of me, said, Chris, I booked the building. And I'm like, wow, I wasn't sure. I got to be honest. In my mind, I'm like, is he really going to do this? 300 grand? <laughs> right. He's doing it. Right? Good for him. Right? That's awesome. I mean, then we're talking about things like prophecy, discernment, unknown languages, interpretation. Do you remember the old days in the church? Someone would speak out loud in tongues and someone would interpret. I mean, these are still gifts that it talks about in the Bible, right? All these gifts that are there, right? And even the one on prophecy, I want to challenge you with something because the Bible says this again, right? Is we need to pray for all the gifts. And prophecy is an important one. When we can to start to declare the words of God, not just to each other, but to the world, it's going to shift something, right? It totally is going to shift something. And I think about this because I don't know if any of you have realized, but that's probably not my number one gift, right? I'm not sure if you've caught that, Derek. I'm not positive, but, you know, some people have said, you know. But let me tell you something. God does speak to me prophetically, right? He does. Sometimes in church, but most often he speaks to me prophetically when I'm out of the church. And sometimes I hate it. I'm just going to be honest with you. Because he does it around people that it's like, I don't want to do this around them. If I'm wrong, I look like a crazy goon. But God has challenged me in that. You know, and I remember doing it with the city of Spruce Grove. That was one of the first things. It was one of the hardest ones for me, meeting with two of the people from the city of the Spruce Grove. Just before I walked in the door, I heard the Lord loud and clear say, I want you to tell them right now they need to release that guy. I'm like, what? That is so random. Nope. When you go through the door, I want you to tell them to release that guy. I'm like, that's a stupid thought. Move on. I get through the door, and it's just pounding like a headache in my head. And I sit down with these two girls from the city of Spruce Grove, and I'm like, and they're like, what? And I'm like, so I feel like I'm supposed to tell you, just let the guy go. You need to release him. And they both look at me like, why did you just say that? I'm like, I have no clue. <laughs> None at all. Let me tell you that, right? And then that next part comes where God's like, no, tell the truth. I felt like God told me to tell you. Right? There's the crazy guy. You go to community, don't you, right? You know? Well, they look at me and go, we've just been sitting here talking for the last 10 minutes about one of our employees, and there's some stuff that isn't good about this person, and we've been deciding, should we keep him or let him go? I'm like, 
I just got a guy fired. <laughs> right? But let me tell you something. There was more to that story that I don't want to share because this is all live. But God spoke that for a reason. I needed to honor it. Right? He speaks that way, but he also speaks in the simplest ways, too. And we can't be afraid of declaring whatever he's placed in our heart to whoever he tells us to declare these words to because he cares about every single person out there, every situ situation, and he wants to make himself known. That's who he is. I'm going to read this last thing because I know we're really close on time here. I just want to read out of Ephesians 2 because I think this is really powerful, actually. Ephesians 4, 7 to 13, and this is... The part in the Bible we know where it talks about some are apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers, and pastors. It says, however, he has given us a special gift according to the generosity of Christ. That's the first thing we need to really highlight that and remind ourselves of that. Right? He has given us a special gift according to his generosity. His generosity. Right? The king's generosity. That's why we have these gifts, because he's a good God and he's generous, right? That is why the scripture says, when he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. In verse 11, it says, he is the one who gave these gifts to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers. Their responsibility, here it is, is to equip God's people to do his work better catch that and to build up the church the body of Christ until when until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son that we will be mature and full grown in the Lord measuring up to the full stature of Christ God get that in our heads we need that I went to a pastor's meeting last week all the pastors in the community Wednesday and I've gone for the last two or three years, and I love these guys, right? This is Pastor Graham from Stony Plain Alliance. I mean, the pastors from Parkland Baptist, uh, Spruce Grove Alliance, the Congregational, all these churches in our community. Right now, we just bless them in Jesus' name because they are part of the family. They are part of the body. And so when I'm talking about the body, I'm not talking about just us. I'm talking about them too because we need them. We want them. And in order to change this city, we better figure this out because it's pretty clear here, right? Until uni the unity is pretty key. We've talked about a lot of stuff at these meetings, and a lot of it's been good stuff. Nothing wrong with it, not once, all good stuff, right? And part of our reason for coming together is, is simply to get to know each other. But this last meeting I went to, and I kind of rushed because I was teaching a class of heroes, and then I got there. And these guys are talking, and Graham says, I got two questions today. Question one, what are we proud of as pastors? What things have our churches done that we're proud of? Whew. I was like, wow, these guys are really thinking about it. <laughs> it got quiet. These are senior pastors. And then, you know, a few things popped up. You know, well, we do this, and we're doing this a little bit, and we're doing this. You know, and I thought to myself, I'm proud of our church. I am. I'm proud that every Sunday we come together, and we continually fight in the Spirit. And we're not going to stop. 
right? We're not going to relent, right, until we have it all, right? We're not just going to sing the song. We're going to honor that because we're not going to stop, right? I'm like, I'm proud of that. There are things I'm proud of. There's no question about it. And he said, so what are the things that we're not proud of? And the biggest things that came up, where's the unity? Where's the unity between the churches? We're getting tired of doing this the way we're doing it. Because guess what? It's not working for anybody. And then the next thing came up is, and we're not reaching the lost in our communities. I mean, everybody was there talking about it. It's like, how many people have you seen saved? And it wasn't a lot of people. So I came out of that meeting, there's two things that came out of my mind. One was this. They want unity. Yes! There is a cry. I'm not quite a cry. Right? There is a desire for unity. I'm here. There is a desire for unity within the leaders of this community. Not quite a cry yet, because I think that cry is coming. Right? I think the cry is coming. And then we actually talked about this, and I'm so thankful for the ladies thing that goes on here, right? Which is all the churches combined and worshiping together, which is so powerful and amazing, right? With what God's doing through that. But you know what? Two things came up. One, they said, we need to do a service together. We need to actually figure this thing out because we're so stuck on the expression thing again that we can't come together in unity. We need to figure it out. We need to come together. We need to do a service. I'm like, whoo! Like, are we really going to do this? We're at a pretty good... Well, and that's what they said. Where are we going to do it? At the Tri-Leisure Center, what she just said, right? This is what we're talking about is we need to fight for our community, for the Lord. We need to come together, right? We need to. And the second thing we talked about, and I'm going to meet Pastor Cram. Pastor Cram. There you go. (laughs) Pastor Graham this week or next week. And we've talked about that when spring or summer comes, we are going to do a day where we get every single church in Stony Plain and Spruce Grove where we are going to serve our community. We are going to ask the government, what do you need? We are going to do it on this day, right? And so we are in the process of starting to set this stuff up because God wants to do something. So I'm going to cut it short there. I could keep going. But worship team, why don't you come back up? Here's what I want to say is this, is God has given you gifts. He has done some pretty amazing things in your life in the past, but today is today. And today he is saying, as the body of Christ, will we rise to our feet? Will we stand? Will we begin to do the things that I've called each and every one of you to do? Because the day of saying why you don't do it is over. Well, if they only did or that church, no. No, no, no. He's given you a gift for a reason. It's your gift. Right? He actually says, each of you were created with a special function. That's so powerful. Are you hearing that? You have a special function. Mark, you have a special function. Right? He's placed something so beautiful and amazing inside of you. And he wants it for the world. Can you not feel that? There's something that God wants to do with this man. so beautiful. Kelsey and Lindsay, the captains, 
I mean, I look at you, Yoshi and Myrna, there is a special thing. You have a function. He's called you to it, right? He has. Dale, same thing. All of you guys, right? He has placed something in you. That identity thing, catch it. You are important. That's already decided, right? Revelation says it, right? He is proud of his creation. From Murray to Rudy and Judy to Todd. Right now, let's just extend our hands to Todd because I want to pray for him. God, we thank you for this family right here. God, bless this man. God, this man is taking a risk, and it's not easy, and it's tough. But God, you can do it. We trust you. We know who you are. And Father, we tell this man right now, he can do this in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And so, Lord, we know you will go before him. You will come behind him. You will take care of the things that need to be taken care of. But, Father, bless him and bless Lori and bless this ministry in Jesus' name. There are so many other things that God has birthed in your heart. And I feel the Lord is saying, today is the day for you to say yes to the Lord. Right? Today is the day to say yes to the Lord. Let's stand to our feet. We're going to pray for two things today. One, I felt like the Lord say that if you need to be commissioned to start to move, well, then we're going to pray for you. This doesn't matter how it looks right now. Maybe it starts at work. Maybe it starts in your community. Maybe it starts at school, whatever it is. Right? I feel like the Lord's saying, if you need to be commissioned, we're going to commission you. Because today is the day you say yes. We choose to live for Him. And secondly, I feel God wants to do something in the area of healing. I feel it. Right? So I'm going to get Tanya, and if Tyson's around, and Andrea's going to come up. If you need healing, I want you to come up. And these people are going to pray for you. Right? So again, let's just respond to the Lord. And if you have to leave, you're dismissed. But we're just going to spend some time now in the presence of the Lord and pray for those who want to be prayed for. Amen? Amen. Amen.